This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, what's up? Kevin Jones, founder of Blue Wire. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Do me a favor. Send it to one of your friends. We're growing this network, grassroots style. It takes everyone. You're a part of our team if you send this to one of your friends. All right, enjoy this podcast and appreciate your support. Before we get to Brown's Film Breakdown, a Blue Wire podcast, I want to talk to you guys real quick about life insurance. We just saw 32 players have their lives changed. No better time to talk about life insurance. In your situation, Ethos is the perfect fit, guys. It's a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork, or meetings with pushy representatives, which is the most annoying part of getting life insurance. It only takes 10 minutes to apply. You can rest assured knowing you've taken the steps to protect your family. And in most cases with Ethos, you can have the peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Get life insurance. It's the best decision you can make. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. That's getethos.com. That's ethos, E-T-H-O-S, getethos.com. And here we go. Welcome to Brown's Film Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Burns, writer at the OBR and contributor at Cleveland.com. Coming to you guys. It's midnight. It's technically Friday. I'm coming to you with my guy who we recorded uh, both of our live mock drafts with. Uh, Brown's Film Breakdown, usual PFF analyst, Brendan Leister. What's up, buddy? Doing great, man. Just soaking up all the, you know, all the news, all the picks, all the fits. Just... Still taking all that in because there was a lot of big surprises on Thursday night and, and it was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to talking about all of that news with you. I'm with you, man. I think I think it was I think people in the Brown circles thought this was one of the less fun drafts they've seen in a well, it's because your team didn't pick first and fourth. Like it's gonna <laughs> be less fun for you. That's obvious. But I think there was plenty of intrigue and things went way further left than I thought a lot of draft analysts thought it was gonna go. So let's uh Let's not waste time. Let's just do a quick recap of first round, and uh, then we'll talk about, I think, what everybody cares most about, what the Browns have sitting there at the top of the second round if they want to move up, or at 49 if they should sit still. So we'll look at the first five picks. Brendan, you have your board pulled up, first five picks. Anybody that jumps out to you, Kyler goes number one. Everybody kind of thought that. The guy, to me, that was compelling was Cleland Farrell or Pharrell. I'm, I'm, I can't, I don't know how he pronounces it. Um, that's a surprise at four. I think he's a good football player. They probably love him. You have to love him. You have to fall in love with him. They needed an edge player. They didn't like Josh Allen there. What's your thoughts on uh, on Cleveland at four to Oakland? Yeah, that that was a very surprising pick. I was shocked. Um, that that was a very exciting part of the night for sure. Um, 
I think, you know, he's obviously a talented player. They probably really focused on that national championship game where he had a good, you know, he had a good showing against Jonah Williams. Uh, Mayock and Gruden just seemed like the type of guys that maybe that small sample size, they might have really focused in on that. But yeah, he's definitely a talented player. Um, I thought he probably belonged a little bit more closer to the middle of the first round. But yeah, that was a shocker. Um, But they clearly love the guy. Yeah, they have to to take him that high. And, and like we've talked about, I think you've made some really good points. I'm drinking some water while we get going here. Um, like we've talked about, Josh Allen didn't come with a perfect resume. Like you've talked about this at length, and, and Pro Football Focus has studied this a little bit too. Like he had 17 sacks, big jump from the seven sacks a year before, but there were some issues, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that his his profile as a pass rusher is just kind of – it's not um, not a full profile. I think there's definitely questions about how he could fit on the edge in a 4-3 defense, just depending on the defensive coordinator um, when it comes to like, defending the run, setting the edge. You know, you hope that you could put him like a Sam Backer, like how the Broncos play Von Miller, and then when you go to a sub package, obviously, which you're in most of the time, he moves down to the edge. But still, you have to be able to set the edge and be physical. You have to have counter moves. Um off of that speed rush that he has. And the thing with Josh Allen at this point is he's really like a one trick pony. And uh, he had very little success. Like for example, like with spin moves, I don't think he used many of those at all, just when it came to inside counters and stuff. So he's still kind of a work in progress when it comes to the fundamentals of roughing, rushing the passer. But, but I will say that something that's like really, really impressive about his profile is that he did finish the season with the highest pass rushing grade for us. Um, for, uh, amongst edge, rush, edge rushers, I think around 94 on a hundred scale or zero to a hundred. So obviously very talented player, but yeah, I think he definitely, when you study the film, he has some things that he still has to work on translating to the next level. Yeah, very much agree. Um, other things that intrigue the Browns in the first five picks, they will see Kyler Murray out in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be fun. You would imagine Kyler Murray is the guy from the get-go for them, taking him first overall. You don't know. I mean, I guess they could have a different plan for Rosen, but it seems to be the uh, universal consensus is that they're going to move Rosen in some capacity. So we would expect late in the season to see Baker Kyler. That should be a lot of fun. Pro football focus darlings, which is cool to me because they're – and I don't mean that in any different way than like they look past – the height. They look past the stupid barriers that have stopped quarterbacks from getting opportunities to, to be recognized for the players they are. Those two guys are obviously connected through Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley, and it's just freaking cool, man. And they pull for each other, and that'll be a lot of fun. And then you throw in the added element of Cliff Kingsbury uh, yeah. on the opposite sideline from Mayfield, so that'll be a hell of a lot of fun. Quentin Williams we'll get to see early in the year. Get to see him uh, week two Monday Night Football. Get to see Nick Bosa early in the year. What is that, week four? Monday Night Football. That's uh, October night. 7th. I don't remember what week, maybe week six. Week maybe six, week okay. Five. So they, they see both of these uh, high high pick defensive linemen uh, on the road in Monday Night Football, ironically enough. Then we go Devin White, good player, um, high for a linebacker, but they need a linebacker. You like him, you take him. Then we get the biggest wow moment. I thought we got our wow moment right <laughs> off the bat last year with Mayfield. Uh, we, you know, I, I it's not a wow moment in terms of some people really liked him, but I think Daniel Jones is very controversial um, he goes in the same sort of range that Josh Allen went as Josh Allen went seven the year before. I mean, Josh Allen, the quarterback of the bills the year before he goes to the giants at six. If you're the giants, you're taking a quarterback there, Brendan, are you taking Daniel Jones? Or are you taking Dwayne Haskins? Oh, if I'm taking a quarterback, I'm absolutely taking Dwayne Haskins there. Although I probably, oh man, that's so tough to say whether I would take Haskins at six. 
that's tough. But if I'm absolutely taking a quarterback, I'm definitely taking Haskins over Jones. There's no question. I'm in the same camp you are, my friend. Um, another one that surprised me, pick 10. Um, pick 10, the Steelers mm. uh, division rival, obviously move up 10 spots. Take Devin Bush, uh, who I think is a good football player. They they give up one of their second round picks. I think pick forty five. I could be wrong on that. Um, the mm-hmm. Oakland is one of the Oakland pick or the Oakland pick that they got back for Antonio Brown. So they gave that up, moved up ten picks to get their guy. What did you think of that uh, that move right there? I think it's a fantastic fit for them. I think he's going to bring a lot of what they lost when Shazier went out because they have not had the same type defense since he got injured. Um, so I think he's going to bring pretty much exactly the same stuff, I think, that Shazier brought coming out. They're both fantastic blitzers, explosive athletes, um, questions and coverage, too, on both guys, I think, coming out of college. Bush shows flashes, Shazier flo- showed flashes, but overall, they're, you know, a lot of times in sub packages on third downs, they would have those guys rush the passer on blitzes because they were just so explosive and so tough to block. So I think he's a great fit in Pittsburgh. Um, I do question the trade. Yeah, I think they did give up a lot because I think they gave up a two and then a future three. I think they it was twenty twenty so the third and twenty twenty. Yeah, the second round picks officially fifty two overall, and the twenty twenty third. You're right. I actually yeah. So right it's definitely a lot face, to give up. And I don't I don't just read what's in front of my face. So sorry, buddy. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, it's all good. But yeah, in the short term, I think this is definitely going to help their team. Mm-hmm. But long term. It could hurt them because, you know, they're giving up two players for one. I'm with you. Jonah Williams. Well, yeah, it would be three for one in that situation over the long haul. Jonah Williams goes to Cincinnati 11. Some people, myself included, picked uh, Haskins to be a surprise pick there. He did not go to Cincinnati. They take Jonah Williams, a good tackle against proven commodity in the SEC. I think that's a good pick for a team that desperately needs help on the offensive Mm -hmm. line. Um, Green Bay, Rashawn Gary, too soon, your opinion? I know you got an opinion on this. Oh, one. absolutely. Yeah. For for me, I'm I'm not a big fan. I personally um, you know, there's a lot of guys that like more than him, but I actually liked his teammate Winovich more than him. I thought that he was just a better pass rusher off the edge. Um going to be the more productive pro in my opinion than Gary. Uh I think Gary is still living off that five-star status out of high school mm-hmm. and you know, he we'll announced as a linebacker, Brendan. Did you hear that? Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have him play on the edge, I'm sure. I'm yeah, guessing it, that's that's their plan for him. Yeah, because they're it, in that 3-4 with Mike Patton. I mean, he'll probably play rush end. That's the play, yeah. the position they call it rush, and that's what Kruger played. So I guess he might stand up sometimes, have his hand in the dirt some. But, yeah, that defense turns into a 4-3 under a lot anyway. So it's, yeah, I mean, outside linebacker, I guess. But he'll probably be rushing the passer 90% of the time, I'm sure. I, yeah, I just kind of found it funny. Like, he was beating the mm-hmm. narrative that I'm not a defensive tackle, I'm a defensive end. <laughs> then now he's a linebacker, so it's like, okay, Rashad yeah. Perry, you're starting strong safety for the Packers. Um, <laughs> Haskins goes 15 to Washington. Good good for them. They didn't have to move, and they got a quarterback they liked. So right on, and I'm happy that he gets a chance, Haskins, to uh, throw in, in the face of New York. Hey, you passed on me. He's in the NFC. Dominate the NFC, man. Good right. for you. Um, the next pick. A good image, fit, too. I just want to add that. I, I think that's a yeah. really good fit. Um, he, you know, like I said before, I wasn't sure if I would take him necessarily at six. 
Um, just because I don't know if I view him as like the franchise changing big time quarterback. Like I do view like Kyler Murray being that I think he can really elevate players around him, but you put him in Jay Gruden's offense and you look at the things that he did with Kirk cousins, for example, I absolutely think that Dwayne Haskins can put up those huge numbers like Kirk cousins did in those years and maybe even be better than that over time too. So, um, I really like that fit. Yeah, it's a good spot. They didn't move. They, you know, Redskins fans, obviously, they get Montez Sweat later. They got to feel pretty good about uh, value, where they got their guys without giving anything up. So I would imagine that this stuff is all on paper, way out in front of anything you obviously know results-wise. They'll get an A for the first round when all these guys do their grades. Um, uh, Jeffrey Simmons goes 19. I mean, I, I like Simmons a lot. I thought he was a top-10 player talent-wise in this draft, uh, but I did not see him going as high as 19. And I would imagine John Dorsey in the post – uh, first round press conference mentioned there were three guys that they were closely eyeing to see if they had an opportunity that made sense compensationally to move up and get. I would imagine Simmons was in that mix. He goes 19 way earlier, uh, way earlier than we expected. So we're, you know, I, I, at least that's what I thought. What'd you think? Yeah, um, I agree. I had no idea where he would go. I, I figured it would be after 10 and before 50. You know, I figured if he got to 49, the Browns would take him, but. I really had no idea, and uh, it does seem like that information was out there. I saw, a, I saw a video on Twitter from like you know this morning at some point where Matt Miller from uh, from uh, Bleacher Report said that someone in the Tennessee organization told him that if Simmons dropped to 19, he guarantees that they would take him. So that was actually good info. He was right on the money with that prediction. Absolutely, yeah. uh, Darnell Savage, a guy that we took 56 in the mock draft last <laughs> night. This is why you don't, you know, the mock draft simulator stuff is fun, guys. We, we don't make all the picks. We only get to pick for one team, to clarify, in case you didn't know. We're only picking for the Browns. We can't control the other picks. And you don't know how people value these things. The big boards for teams are all over the map. And uh, there was heat about Savage moving up. If you paid attention, there was a lot of noise about him being a first-round safety that I think some people ignored. And Green Bay gets a good football player that we all agreed on last night. If you want our takes on that, jump back. And please do go back and watch that mock draft because it's very fun to understand thought process. I got three guys who I really respect their opinions, and we all just sort of collaborate and talk about how we would go about it to sort of give you that feel. So, again, if you have not watched that, that's on the Browns Film Breakdown YouTube channel. Please go watch. Um, and, and give us a like and a subscription and all that fun stuff too. Um, Andre Dillard goes next to the to the Eagles. They move up one spot in front of the Texans who apparently love Dillard. Oh, I yeah. thought, Brendan, just me, I wrote a piece about five players the Browns could move up for if they wanted to, and, and a, one of those players was Dillard if he slipped into the late 20s. He's a good player. Uh, a lot of pass rush snaps and under Mike Leach. What would you think about – I'll ask you these two guys here. What would you think about Dillard? And, and Titus Howard's a guy that shot up boards, uh, Alabama State – uh, tackle there that shot up boards and, and people were sort of saying he was a mid two to early two and he shoots up you you sort of my opinion is you find a guy you think fits your scheme and you fall in love with somebody like that you just you take him when you can so you know I, your opinion on those two Dillard and Howard oh yeah like you mentioned what Dillard sample size is massive I think he had over 900 true pass protecting snaps in college you compare that to like someone like Cody Ford who's gotten some tackle hype he only had like 99 true pass protection snaps um in college. So that, that is just a massive sample size when you look at the difference. Also, he was the highest graded pass protecting offensive tackle in college football for us last year. So 
obviously. Um, the Eagles are a very analytically inclined organization, and I'm sure that they were very privy to all that, and they also probably had a really good idea that the Texans were going to take him at 23, so they felt the need to jump in front of him and grab him. And I, I think he'll be their left tackle for the next you know, however many years. So I think that's a good pick for them. With Titus Howard, I just think that the thing with the Texans, again, like I've said multiple times on Twitter, like Jawan Taylor and Cody Ford, those guys just don't, to me, they don't look like they project as great pass-protecting offensive tackles. I could be wrong. I'm not an offensive line guru. I'll admit that. But I look at, you know, I look at the data mostly and, you know, how many pass, how many holding penalties they had because their feet get stuck in the ground, you know, and how, how their pass protection grades were and how many pass protection snaps they had against top competition. And Taylor's really wasn't great. And also it seems like he has a knee injury. And then with Ford, it wasn't comparable either. And actually Howard, when we went through and graded him, uh, he actually graded pretty well. I know that the I know that the competition level is not quite as good, but I think still you can take away some things from that. And I know that he had a really good game against Auburn early in the season. So clearly the Texans wanted someone that could pass protect to to keep Deshaun Watson upright. And that's why they went with him at 23 instead of going with some of these other tackles that aren't quite as light footed and don't project as well as pass protectors because that's the key with a tackle. That's number one priority. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Complete with modern football and where it's going. And uh, yep. a lot of people were asking on, on Twitter in, in case you didn't get a chance or you're, you know, Juwan, Ta- Juwan Taylor seemed like a surefire top 10 pick. All of a sudden he's out of the first round. I was sort of, you know, actually not sort of, but 100% piggyback on what Brendan's saying. The pass protection element's a big part too, but he has had struggles with weight in the past. If you look at his profile, where he came out of college and where he got into in Florida, he did a great job of defeating the weight issues, but those can always cop back up. And then there's the bad knee. I think a lot of people were nervous about his knee and that is why he slipped out. But it, it's, it's more than just the knee and the way it's like, it's like we talked about here. It's, it's the pass protection stuff has to be really good to get in the first round. And if you don't have that or they don't feel good about it, they won't take you there. So that's why those guys forward specifically a lack of pass uh, protection snaps to really, truly prove yourself. And then um, Taylor as well. So uh, pick 25 is one of the more fascinating picks. The last division rival mm-hmm. pick Baltimore, uh, gets gets some extra picks. I think they got a fourth and a sixth to go back with Philly here, so they jump back from 22 to 25, mm-hmm. and uh, they take Marquise Brown. I am um, put out an opinion on Twitter. In my situation, I was happy that they took Marquise Brown. It is not – to me, it was – they had been connected to DK Metcalf quite frequently, and uh, if you're going to pick a guy that I think would give the Browns matchup issues – I think DK can give more matchup issues to uh, the Brown secondary than necessarily can Marquise Hollywood Brown. Like, I think Hollywood Brown's a fantastic receiver. This is never – people get offended like I'm trying to bash – I'm not doing that. I think he's very good. I just think they have somebody who can shade him, cover him, and, and work against him in a comfortable manner in Denzel Ward. I, I trust that matchup maybe more than I do a really good flatline slant takeoff curl type receiver with really quick feet or sorry, really quick top end speed and the ability to go get the football with a big muscular frame that I do with DK Metcalf, save your DK Metcalf agility takes for someone else. He doesn't necessarily need them as much. Brendan and I are on the same page. We've talked about this for months about the Josh Gordon comparison. And I think it's extremely fair. I think it's a very similar player. You didn't see 
Josh Gordon running whip routes all over the field or, or double breaking moves. You just didn't see it. And he, he still was extremely exceptional football player when his mind was right. So for me, and, and, and you're really choosing the lesser of two evils because I think Hollywood will be a very good player for, you know, the, the Baltimore wide receiver room, which is sort of inept without him. And, and then you add a good player there, it helps them. But I just thought the matchup to me is better with the Browns current structure. Your thoughts. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I, I These are my two top wide receivers in the class that we're talking about, so we're really splitting hairs. You know, I like them for different reasons, um, although what I say I like about each of them might sound similar. <laughs> um, I think that, like, Metcalf just has that, you know, like we like you just mentioned with Josh Gordon, you know, explosive, limited route tree, but just such an before and after the catch, uh, just dominating against press coverage just the ability to separate early in the route as well as late in the route, um, especially on like goes and stuff like that uh, struggles, like at the break point when he's running a lot of, you know, like digs and corner routes and stuff like that. Like he's not going to always create as much separation on that type of stuff. But, but yeah, I think that DK for me, he was a top wide receiver in the class. However, I think Marquise Hollywood Brown is less proven against press coverage. I mean, that, that is you can't even question that fact because he rarely saw press coverage with the way that Oklahoma used him. Um, but he is a very explosive threat after the catch. He has great instincts with the ball in his hands where he can, you know, catch a curl route, you know, juke someone and then he'll see a little opening and he'll make the safety miss and just take it the distance. You know, he, he's a very like the fastest wide receiver, I would say probably in the class. If you just watch, all of them on film. He just has really good speed. And and I think a question with him too, a fair question is though, I think it's a Liz Frank, Liz Frank injury. Um, you know, this, I saw some data that someone put out there on Twitter recently this week. And like, that's a really tough injury to come back from and play at a hundred percent. So football players. Yeah. Um, There's been some basketball yeah. guys that have come back from, but not football guys. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that either of those guys and, you know, they took Hollywood, so I'll talk about him. I think that that's a good fit just with the way that they're going to, you know, go so heavy on the run game and the misdirection in the backfield and even the jet sweeps. Cause you can give Marquise Brown a jet sweep and he'll, you know, he can do some things with the ball in his, in his hands. Um, but, you know, they're going to go heavy play action and a lot of misdirection in the backfield, hope that a safety bites down and then they're going to throw in post routes and go routes. And Lamar's got to connect on those throws. But I think that, it's a very good fit for what they want to do offensively. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely scared of them. I think the whole AFC North drafted well tonight, including the Browns with o Odell Beckham Jr. We, yeah, we should talk about that 17th pick that the Giants used on um, Dexter Lawrence, a good football player. Uh, okay. um, you know, they, they used that pick that the Browns <laughs> used on Odell. So, um, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's look here. So, 29, 30, and 31 were all traded. Seattle moved um, – that's the Seattle pick that they got from the Chiefs. That was a trade mm -hmm. earlier this week. New York gets the pick from Seattle, um, pick 30. Who got it from Green Bay? Who got it from the Saints? That's like an exceptional pick there. <laughs> and then the Falcons uh, moved up with the Rams. So based on who these teams picked, I am very much fine with how that shook out. The only corner that came off the board in a real surprise, the only corner all night, uh, it was DeAndre Baker. I, I was I like DeAndre Baker, but I'm pretty surprised by that. So we'll talk about this in a second, but, you know, that's that's the only one. LJ Collier came off the board. TCU DN, I was 
<clears throat> excuse me, I was pretty surprised by that. Caleb McGarry, the Washington offensive tackle. I, some of those guys, like if I'm looking, I like Tillery, but if I'm looking 29 through 32, couldn't have worked out better for the Browns in, ter- in terms of guys that I'm looking at, interested in, and positionally interested in uh, for their situation. Any any of your thoughts on the and the Patriots take their first first round wide receiver in a long time and and Nikhil Harry. So your any of your thoughts on those before we shift to what the Browns have available tomorrow? Um, you know Collier obviously stands out because that's just a player that people didn't really expect to go in the first round. But like we talked about before we got on the air. Um, I just think that Seattle has such an interesting taste in players. I mean, you look at their first round picks over the years, they always take a really out of left field player that people are like, oh, I thought he'd go in the third round. And Seattle's like, oh, no, he fits us well. And, you know, he's going to do well for us. And they've kind of had a mixed bag with how those picks usually work out Um, with Baker. I think he's been kind of like the forgotten man in this cornerback class. You know, people talk about greedy all the time, Murphy all the time. And then there's that list of like second and third round corners. It's really long. But it just seems like Baker has been the forgotten guy. And then, you know, the Giants moved up for him tonight. Uh, it was really predictable that the Giants would be trading up as, uh, multiple times probably in this draft because they've ended up not because Gettleman is a Sashi Brown or Bill Belichick type guy that hoards picks, but just because they've traded away so many players, they've ended up with 12 picks in this class. And Gettleman's a guy that usually averages about five to six picks per draft, which, you know, that's like nothing. So it, it was really predictable to see him use some of those picks to move up back up into round one. Um, but yeah, I like Baker. I think there's definitely some questions about his long speed, but um, you know, we'll see. I'm not that high on the giants draft overall so far, but I would definitely say Baker is the pick I like the most. Um, and then Harry, man, that is, that's interesting for the Patriots. Um I liked aspects of his game. He definitely has great ball skills. He's uh, he's ferocious after the catch. I mean, he's a very aggressive, competitive guy. He can go up and catch the ball one-handed. Um, he just doesn't separate very well. And But he does have that ability to play inside or outside. And, you know, we'll see. Belichick hasn't been very good at drafting wide receivers over the years. That's been kind of his kryptonite. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this one goes. Yeah, me too. I'm fascinated by it. I thought the end of the first round shook out a little less predictably than we thought it would, which seems yeah. to happen a lot. Cause you get so many, you know, when they, we do these mocks, you get so many trade ups that you just don't know um, what teams are trading up for, but it was, it was fun. And I think it shook out really well for the Browns personally. So let's talk 49. I mean, we can't really predict 80. We can talk about guys. We were interested in at both positions, but we can look at some of the big names left on the board at positions of need, uh, for Cleveland. So at corner, you have Greedy Williams surprisingly falls out of the first round. You have Byron Murphy also surprisingly falls out of the first rounds. Two guys I never considered doing mocks because I just didn't think they would be there. Justin Lane, a uh, popular target, is is obviously still there. Amani uh, or Oruorie, that's what I'm going mm-hmm. with. Penn State product that is, is still there. You got it right. Nice. Uh, our, our boy Julian Love is there, and also our other guy, uh, David Long, is there at corner, available. There could be guys I left out. Rocky Sin is still there. Uh, if the, the Temple corner, if they're interested there too. Um, offensive tackle, we move there. Jawan Taylor, we talked about. Cody Ford, we talked about. Dalton Risner is still there. Yanni Kajust is still there. Greg Little is still there from Ole Miss. Max Sharping, our other guy we like, is still there. Safety, Juan Thornhill, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Florida prospect, uh, Amani Hooker out of Iowa, Taylor Rapp out of Washington, Nasir Adderley, the free safety type out of Delaware, still available. At linebacker, you have Mac Wilson, Blake Cashman, the Minnesota product, and then uh, Jermaine Pratt, still there. All guys that are still on the board, and I did not think very many of these guys – I th- okay, there had to be some of them there, but I thought some of the names like possibly Greedy, Murphy, 
uh, Ford, Taylor, Thornhill could potentially be gone. Thought Gordon Johnson could potentially be gone. Reisner. Um, yeah, Reisner. I uh, yeah, that's yeah. I thought one. Reisner could Gardner, be gone. I'm, I'm with you. Gardner Johnson, Yasin. Those yeah. are all guys people thought. Jenkins. Um, you know, just naming off a few names. Thornhill. Some people thought he might go around one. So yeah, there's a lot of options that you know people were saying. You know, oh, this is round one guy. This guy's going to sneak into the bottom of the first, and then you know, there's the Browns are absolutely going to get a good player at 49. I will absolutely. be fascinated if they move up. I think you've come this far. You don't move up. You just you take you take you take who's there, and um, I hope they don't. I'm 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 not convinced they they don't sit on this overnight, but I do feel listening to John Dorsey that they're having a very patient approach, like the way he just was talking in that post first round press conference, I, I could very much see them sitting there and he he sounded very proud of having eight picks. Like I, oh, I, I yeah. just kind of would be surprised if they didn't take eight guys. So if I'm looking at this list, I'm going to presume some of these names disappear. If they can get Murphy or Lane to me, I would feel very good about it. If they want to take a tackle I do like Greg Little a good amount. I think he's got some mm-hmm. really good potential. If we're looking tackle, I mean, Reisner, um, I'm saying that right. It's not Risner, it's Reisner, yeah, right? Yeah, I think it's Reisner, Reisner, yeah. Yeah, if he's there, I'm very compelled by He is a nasty dude, man, like mm-hmm. a real finisher with flexibility across the line. Then, obviously, you and I have talked at length about either of those three top safeties, Thornhill, Gardner, Johnson, or Hooker, for me, are fine players. Those are the guys I'm most interested in, not really necessarily a linebacker yet, but I would love to come away with one of the five corners, six corners I've listed there. And then if they if they really want to go O tackle, which is possible, you know, I, I don't imagine Taylor's there. I, I do think Greg Little and Kajust have a chance to be there's there are four five good or names sharping. there though. They could be. Sh- a sharping yeah, sharping's there yeah. too, man. I don't I don't know. I mean Here's where I'm at. Like it's it's good to me. There there are a lot of really good names sitting here, um, but I want a corner. I really feel good about taking yeah. a corner at 49. I just I just like the depth there and the possibility that one of those five six guys that I have listed on this tweet that I just sort of threw together quickly. I'm sure I left a couple off. Um, that there's somebody there really good. They need somebody consistently anchoring uh, opposite Denzel, and because Denzel's not a you know he's not a perfect. Uh, beacon of health either so you need that in my opinion so um yeah who are your guys man who do you really want oh yeah i mean a lot of the guys you just mentioned i mean byron murphy greedy williams i mean those are like it for some reason but i also like david long a lot um arwarie that's a player i'm interested in a little sharping those would be the offensive tackles probably and then the safeties i'm not really too picky um it's a weird thing with safety though when I look at the Browns roster right now because I do think that they have three playable guys with Murray, Randall, and uh, Burnett. So I wonder what they I wonder what they think of it right now. Like when it comes to using a safety this early, I know that fans look at the depth chart and think that it looks rough, but I think that if you look at how much they're paying each of those guys, they're probably all going to be in the plans. So the, whatever safety the Browns take is probably going to end up being the fourth safety most likely this year. And I know that the draft is about the long term. It's not, it's not about the short term, but I think that in the second round, you do hope that you get a guy that could potentially see the field field in the short term. And the best way to do that probably um, other than taking a tackle, of course, because I think 
I think we'd both be okay with grooming a tackle for a year like they did with Corbett last year with him. Uh, and then that guy sliding in and starting next year. But I think a corner for me um, just sounds definitely the best. I agree with you on that because um, I just want to, you know, really good cover player to compete with Mitchell and carry, give them more depth in that room. I would be even be really, really happy if they would come out of this draft with two corners with the state of the room, because outside of those three top guys that they have, they don't have much behind it. Um, you know, if, if any of those guys go down, then you're going to get in the situation like they were last year against Tampa Bay, where, um, where Randall has to come down and play corner. And then you've got Murray and Burnett on the back end of safety and you're shuffling guys around and, and you don't want to be in that position. You just want to have a bunch of solid corners that can just go out there and play ball. Um, I will throw this in. I, I'm pretty open to trading down from 49 also just with the way that things have shaken out so far, because you can get more picks later on and then try to package some of those. Cause I know they have a lot of later picks right now, but I would still, I'd like to come out of this draft to seven to eight guys at least because they just need so much depth across the roster. If you look at the defense, every single position group on defense could use depth as well as offensive tackle. And then I still think they need a fifth receiver too. They could use tight end depth. So there's a lot of positions on the team running back potentially if if they trade Duke Johnson at some point. So there's there's just a lot of positions on the roster where they need depth. So I think coming out of this draft with seven to eight players to come in and infuse the roster with young talent to compete um, on the cheap is a priority. And trading down from 49, getting more later picks, packaging some of those to get back into day three day two tomorrow and make three picks i think that would be a priority if i were uh if i were in john dorsey's shoes yeah i think there like i said we we talked about six names we like here we didn't even include yasin at corner um oh yeah if if they if they are it, it depends on how this shakes out there are only 17 picks sorry 16 picks in front of them right. so exactly if, if they see four corners left that they really like and this doesn't include sean bunting the the uh Oh yeah, um, Central Michigan, Jamel who, Dean. Yeah, Jamel Dean, Dean is talented Kitten, too. Very much yeah. so. If they, if they, if they feel comfortable with a corner being there, if they trade down five, six, seven, eight, nine picks, I'm okay with it. But I don't want them to feel like they've stepped too far off of a corner that can make an impact and challenge okay. and challenge early. But I'm not against it. Like I, I would, I would very much listen to offers at that position. So fascinating stuff, man. Um, it, it, it's it's going to be. A lot of people clamoring to move up. I, I still don't think they're going to move up, and that's you know that's okay. I, I think you're there. You've committed to this. Let's try to gather depth, like Brennan said, and then from there uh, you can sort of like we talked about. You can use some of the ammunition you have in the fifth round and maybe move up and get that third player coming out of day two or three guys like you normally would in a draft with the first, second, and third out of uh, out of day two would be ideal. So it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fascinating, and I'm really pumped about some of the names that are left here. I am going to be in at 7 o'clock. Listen, I bought in-game tickets, Brendan. I didn't <laughs> think that the Browns' second day would be as important as the first day. Then they traded for that, you know, the, the, the guy out of New York. They get rid of the first rounder, and I'm, I'm stuck with these tickets for, for day two. So I've alerted Brendan. I need, I need updates on my watch. Um... I'm going to be that guy in the theater checking my watch when he texts me, lets me know what picks are made. So we'll get together, though. We'll get together tomorrow night uh, after after day uh, day two, day, which is rounds two and three. In case you don't know, they do two rounds tomorrow. And we'll give you some analysis on those guys. I'll write some stuff for Cleveland.com with some strength weaknesses of those guys going into Saturday, Sunday. And 
we'll see. Hopefully they close this thing out. Uh, hopefully close this thing out like crazy. And then Sunday we get the Battle of Winterfell, which that's a whole other topic that you and that's I right. will discuss tomorrow night with some predictions on the pod. All right. So, Brendan, Sounds thanks for great. joining me, buddy. Let's get some sleep and go into Friday Fresh. What do you say? Yeah, man. I'm very excited for sleep. It's been a long day and uh, <laughs> had a great time, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude, always, always. So we'll be back tomorrow night, guys. If you have not, please do so. Uh, I appreciate all the iTunes uh, reviews, uh, subscriptions, all that stuff. Subscriptions are, are what drive um, podcast rankings and all of that. And you guys have been very generous to me. You've been very generous to what we do at Browns from Breakdown with that stuff. I appreciate all of you listening. There are plenty of great Browns podcasts out there. The fact that you choose to listen to this one means a lot to me. It means a lot to what we're doing at Browns Phone Breakdown, and we're very excited about the content that is to come. We're excited about day two, and uh, we will be back to cover it for you. So hopefully you enjoyed. Hopefully the Browns make some good decisions tomorrow, and we'll be, uh, we'll be a happy family here after a fun weekend. So uh, until then, guys, we'll, we'll be back tomorrow. Go Browns. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough, and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the Pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.